there has been a recent uh, connection showing low glyc you know the low glycemic index and keeping your insulin levels you know stabilized will definitely help stabilize your skin You're, it's going to prevent acne breakouts so when there's a question of you know is there foods that are related to acne you know it's not about what's the specific food or the dairy it's the it's the propensity for the insulin spikes It's really exciting, folks. Uh, you have an opportunity to go to Amazon, get the book, Acting Be Gone for Good, or just pick it up at Dr. Sonia's office or our office in Costa Mesa. You're located where in uh, Northern California, Dr. Sonia? We're in the East Bay in Danville, California. So you can come and uh, visit our website, EliteMDSpa.com, and you can order it there. Or you can give us a call. Okay, this next segment, we're going to get into a little bit more detail about glycemic, about different dietary factors, different supplemental factors. This is the real key to what people need to do. And granted, there's people in the world, parts of the world, where acne is non-existent. They migrate to other areas, they develop acne. It can't be genetic if these people are doing something that's different in relationship to their diet at home, their lifestyle. Great, so let's, uh, this part of the segment, I heard you tell a story in one of our first interviews, and you were talking about in India how the the fresh food, it's so fresh. In fact, if it's a couple hours, they give it to some of the homeless or the people don't, don't, that don't have food. And so they're eating such fresh food. They're really paying attention and care to organic, probably non-GMO. I'm not sure. But, you know, it's important that each culture recognizes that we've come to some of these decisions after you know, not hundreds, sometimes thousands of years, right? And so good health, like a healthy gut and these factors, when our first choice shouldn't always be an antibiotic because it's going to disrupt the gut. You and I know that, right? So we're learning about the immune system and the importance of the gut and, and all these factors. But that really brings us back full circle to glycemic index, fiber, cutting out not just sugar, but oils as well, minimizing, if you will, even ghee, right? So these are some of the things that we're, we're basing on studies uh, around the world, Australia, US, Korea, studies are coming in, Turkey. And so more and more, I, I know when we were first talking, uh, we were talking about blood sugar and insulin metabolism and metabolic syndrome, right? These things play a big role in the skin, true? Absolutely. Yes. And when it comes to, you know, again, science and research, there has been a recent uh, connection showing low, you know, the low glycemic index and keeping your insulin levels, you know, stabilized will definitely help stabilize your skin. You're, it's going to prevent acne breakouts. So when there's a question of, you know, is there foods that are related to acne? You know, it's not about what's the specific food or the dairy. It's the, it's the, propensity for the insulin spikes. And we want to prevent those insulin spikes from happening. And so the foods ultimately that prevent these insulin spikes are the things that we should be eating anyway, that are healthy for our bodies. It's the fresh fruits and the vegetables and the beans and the steel cut oats and the non GMO, you know, you want to stay away from those white breads, the cornflakes, the puffed rice, the potato chips, the pastries, the milkshakes, all that stuff, which teenagers love, by the way, 
um, are probably the one thing we need to talk about most frequently is your diet. What is your diet like? And, and specifically honing in on what the diet is, because I can tell you, everybody that I usually ask tell me they have a pretty good diet. But what does that truly mean? I doubt that they're doing what I'm expecting them to do, which is, you know, <laughs> fresh whole foods and, you know, less uh, of the processed foods, you know, the more natural, the better um, plant based diet, vegan, like I'm all about that. But how many of them truly are that it's, you know, they can be still eating burgers and fries and still think that they're healthy and they're truly not. So you're right, Dr. Nick, that, you know, USA, Australia, Korea, Turkey, all of these have studies that truly show that there is a link between diet and acne. So in a USA study, there's 2,200 patients that were placed on a low glycemic index and they were able to lose weight. But interestingly, 87% of those patients had less acne. Wow. So we know there's a link uh, absolutely when it comes to diet and, and, uh, and breakouts. Um, the other question that often comes up is, should I avoid milk? You know, and that's always been sort of the question also in our own research. Well, in, we know that there's different kinds of milk. There's whole, there's low fat and skim. Well, skim milk was the highest risk when it came to the development of acne, wow. uh, specifically because there's a protein in there yes. um, that causes the breakouts. Um, however, when they go back to looking at high schoolers and asking them, well, how much milk did you, or, you know, when you were in high school, how much milk you, you drank? Um, those that drank, you know, a higher amount of just milk, I think it was like two or more glasses of, of uh, skim milk were 44% more likely to have acne. So, so there is a correlation. There isn't a correlation necessarily between yogurt and cheese, but there is one of cow's milk. And I think part of it is that things have changed also. I mean, all the hormones that go into the cows and all of the changes that have happened in, you know, just getting your natural foods at the supermarket have changed drastically, which is why like in India, literally, you can step outside of your house five feet away and you will have the most freshest organic fruits and veggies right there that they're going to cook for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And exactly, if it's not, breakfast is one kind of meal preparation, and then um, lunch is a different meal preparation, and dinner is a meal. Here in the States, we might use leftovers till the next day or two days later. But there, it's considered, yes, old. After like a couple of hours, just give it away, because we're going to have fresh, hot food at our table that is organic, which is why, you know, we have a le lesser incidence in India. It, it's really important for our listeners to appreciate that uh, oftentimes attention to these details uh, play a big role. And, and sometimes science doesn't publish or tease out the data. They'll say, well, a carbohydrate diet's bad for you. But what did they do? They mixed in simple carbohydrates, white flour, you know, sugar, everything. And, th and then they had some good, healthy, you know, glycemic uh, appropriate beans and uh, vegetables and fruit and they lumped them together. This, this has been confusing in the medical literature for far too long. And it's important for people to recognize that even if we say something like a vegan diet, we say a plant-based, maybe sugar-free, oil-free diet. And I didn't say fat-free because we are best, as you and I know, to, to not separate out the oils because it's just like separating sugar from beets. You want the whole food, the whole walnut, small amounts of nuts and seeds, small amount of coconut and and uh, avocado or olives and so forth. So that we're, we're learning that the fiber 
influences the rate of absorption. It, it changes blood sugar, triglycerides, and triglycerides are very oily, very fatty. I could never figure out when I was a high school athlete why my skin would get so oily, and I was pounding down the animal proteins. I mean, I was just eating, you know, cheese and eggs and meat. I avoided sugar. I avoided salt. I, you know, I thought I was doing all the right things. No candy. <laughs> and, and yet, um, my skin was oily. It was terrible. And I'd have breakouts and my hormones were raging, right? Because, you know, you're between ages 15 and 19. I mean, geez, what, what's going on, right? So I think that uh, it's exciting to recognize that although for years and even to this day, there's some old dogma that maybe dermatologists might hold on to. Yeah, don't worry about your diet. Just, just do these drug medication interventions but they're doing that person a disservice. They haven't kept up with the literature and science. And I know when we bear down to write this book, uh, we went line by line. There was a lot of information that got exchanged and updated on both sides. And so, you know, like you said, although yogurt or cheese may not, quote, directly uh, affect, but what about the hormones in animals that have estrous cycles? They have large amounts of estrogen. I mean, you name it. Uh, certain um, uh, hormone levels that go into the the uh, cropland, into the water, the runoff. It, it, I mean, it's at the stage two where you drink water and if it's not filtered, it has birth control pills in it. I mean, what is going on in this area? Uh, and of course, that's got to affect your skin and your hormones, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so many things that have changed um, over the years in terms of how we live. And, you know, you go to those, those, locations, like you say, the blue zone, where they're just eating healthier, and they're living like over 100 some years, and they don't have acne problems, we can learn something from them. You know, I think that's really where it's at. It's like going back to the roots, going back to, you know, ancient traditional times where they just did things simpler and, and without all this processing and without all of these hormones. And like these days, you don't know where your food and water is coming from. So um, and then you've got the issue with like plastic bottles and, and how we package things. So there's definitely a lot at, you know, a lot of at stake, which I'm even learning myself. It's really important to just read labels and know where things are coming from and know that, you know, what truly is healthy and what truly is not what's marketing, what's myth, what's fact. Um, and I think having these conversations is really important. Doing your research and your homework is so important, but there's so many changes that are going on that will continue to change and probably not for the better until we truly speak up and really there's legislation behind protecting our own food that we eat and drink, you know, the water that we have at home. I, and I think we both agree that as much as possible, a whole food, plant-based diet, oil-free, sugar-free diet, one that is, is fresh and as rich as possible, with a preponderance, flipping the pyramid, the food pyramid upside down, saying vegetables are the, the main intervention. Because now we've gotten a place where I think it's 87% of people are not just classified as obese, but then you could add to that percentage when you say people are overweight. They're embarrassed to take, go to the beach and you know wear a bathing suit you know, because that extra roll of, of, of body fat is there. And I'm not making fun of these people because I was one of them. I, I was 50 pounds overweight. Uh, after I played uh, uh, high school football, I went into college and I, I just couldn't drop the weight because I became a student academic, right? There, I was making excuses. There wasn't time enough to exercise all that. But even if I had a exercise. I couldn't have burned off the rate of calories that I was taking in uh, versus the ease of switching over to, as we've explained in our book, Acting Be Gone for Good, to plant-based, you know, start off with fresh whole foods in the morning. Uh, and then maybe dinner would be your lightest meal, but 
focused on potentially more vegetables, more fresh fruit, dishes that are made with, with, with vegetable soups and things. And so, you know, it can be tasty with different cuisines, different spices, and yet at the same time, it's light in calories. So when you go to bed, you have that window of, quote, fasting. Uh, that's, uh, we believe, uh, Walter Longo suggests from eight in the morning, uh, we can start eating till the last meal about eight o'clock at night. But if it is a late meal, it should be a light meal, you know, heavy in vegetables and fruit that are easily digested. And it allows the body to cleanse itself for 12 hours all night, right? Isn't that important? Absolutely. You know, and another just little trick for people to remember, because we, we really emphasize dinner as this big meal that we're <laughs> supposed to have. And in right. fact, it's the opposite. You know, think about it as the sun, when the sun is out, you know, as the sun gets more, um, you know, as the sun is out throughout, you know, the highest peak is going to be at noon. So really noon is supposed to be your, you know, biggest meal is really when that's when your digestion processes are at its all time high. And as the sun, you know, goes down and the sun sets, that's when our digestion goes with it. So we have the slowest digestion actually at night. So that's just sort of a rule of thumb that I tell, you know, my patients to think about is, is eat, you know, a, a bigger meal in the day when the sun is out rather than at night, because the misconception is, you know, dinner is supposed to be the biggest meal of the day. And that's not true. Yes, exactly. And so also kind of looking at this whole idea of, of stress management, I, I tend to believe after uh, more than uh, 40 years of working in the field and working with people uh, as my undergraduate degree was in psychology, but I went on to train with some of the greats in hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, NLP. And I know India has a lot of philosophies about the, the spirit and the power of the mind and the importance of meditation. And yet we are a society now probably more stressful than ever, partly because we all tune into this thing called the news and, and you can't escape it. It's almost, it, it, there's streams on your Facebook and, you know, Instagram and, you know, everywhere you look. And so here's my concern. I'm not convinced that stress by itself and in and of itself is, is the problem because some people can handle stress better than others, depending on their hormonal levels or cortisol levels. I think we have a whole group of people that are stress eaters. When they are presented with stress, their default is to go ahead and overeat or eat that candy or sugar or that meat or something that comfort foods, right? So I don't know a person who doesn't default. There are some, I mean, some of them just do the opposite. They don't eat, right? But what is it about that stress that we need to manage and how important is love and contribution and stress management to this whole thing? Because like you mentioned, there's people won't even go to school, these young people, and they're, they're, there's even a suicide rate associated, right? Yeah, there's so, I mean, it's so dismal. I mean, the, the fact that there's so much of that psychological aspect when it comes to just looking and feeling your best when you have, you don't feel that with acne, you know, I mean, I know I feel the same. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have a little pimple. What am I going to do to cover it up? It's like stressful, just figuring out those small things. And then, you know, it just kind of snowballs from there. So I think that acne itself is stressful. And then everything you do for it makes it even more stressful. And then certainly you can go and eat and try to get the comfort foods and you're not really helping anything. So it's just reversing. It becomes a vicious cycle. So um, the, the stress management that's so important really. And, and here's the other thing is that those stress, stress, the stressors are really also from um, those that are also picking at their skin. And so those oh. pickers are causing more scarring on their skin. So I can tell immediately without even having to talk to a patient if they are stressed and anxiety prone or OCD, because I'll see all these open areas of picking all along their face. And it's, it's, you know, heartbreaking because 
all of those areas are going to leave scarring. And so they're coming to me to try to help prevent the scarring. But the number one thing they need to do is to stop picking at their skin, which is all stress and anxiety prone. So I think you're right. So I popping pimples is not the right thing to do. Not a good thing. So don't do it. Please do not try that at home because we actually see um, worsening of the acne because as you're picking, it actually goes deeper and causes incites a more inflammatory reaction under the skin that you can't see. So when you're wanting to really get at it, um, it's best to actually come to us and we can get at it for you in a sterile approach and actually release all of those contents and really open up that pore. Um, and that's why some of the hydrofacial treatments that we do are so important because we can actually unclog those pores and allow products and things to work better on your skin. So, you know, let us do it, especially the teenagers who don't know what they should be doing and are totally doing things the opposite way and cause more problems in their skin. So stress management is the absolute most important thing. And it comes from, you know, being grounded in self, you know, yoga, meditation, you know, I love I, I recently got into meditation, I didn't know that as a teenager, but it just is so helpful to ground you and to make you calm and make you more centered and really see the bigger picture because it's very easy to get caught in the stress and the cycle of stress. And you really want to break that. And there's a bigger meaning and picture behind everything that does happen. So it's really about empowering you to empower yourself to release that stress, to actually help your skin. So just by releasing some of that stress, you're going to help your skin automatically. And one of the things we do in timeline therapy, NLP and hypnosis is we also take that uh, probably unwarranted reaction to stress and help people to direct them to be consistent with healthier habits. We have downloadable things to their phone, to, to, to their website, but things that they can listen to that helps to calm the mind, certain music, certain uh, frequencies are very calming to get people into what's called the theta state. They're totally aware during these meditative hypnotic states, uh, but but you're in a state where you're uh, approaching the subconscious mind to kind of put in new information to help them to exercise consistently, eat healthier based on our definition of healthy eating, and to help the people to recognize that um, you know someone. Uh, within the universe, it starts with self-love and acceptance, right? So, you know, I, I get this question comes up all the time. Look, I get acne. I, I eat clean, whatever that means exactly, right? Uh, I drink water. I sleep well. Uh, you know, you addressed it a little bit earlier, but there's a lot of other factors. And, you know, what is going on? And so once we take into account, there might be some genetic distributions, some more likely than others. Uh, but, you know, uh, some people are, are wearing masks every day and, you know, who knows what's going on with that, the, you know, the line of where the mask is and so forth, right? So it's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot at play, actually. There's a lot at play that we're, we're not even, we don't even think about. So right now with quarantine and, you know, being careful out there, you've got to wear that mask all day. When I'm seeing patients, I've got to wear that mask. So it's really important. Um, we're actually seeing more acne from the friction of masks called acne mechanica, which we would usually see in sports and, you know, athletes and, and those that have to wear gear and helmets and things like that. But it comes from um, friction and abrasions and, you know, sweat and all that stuff that's just sticking on top of your skin has no room to breathe. So we're actually seeing more of that um, lately as a result of just having to wear a mask. So it's really important to wear breathable masks. 
um, not too tight, making sure that you're also hydrating under your skin, doing everything you need to, to take care of the, of the health of your skin. Um, because more, more acne breakouts, that's a stressor for acne. Um, the other thing is my women, they wear makeup. And so wearing makeup is going to clog your pores. And then you're wearing a mask on top of that. Probably not a, a good, in, you know, not, not a good ingredient for success to help with acne. Um, making sure that you, you know, uh, wash your brushes once a week before you actually use um, makeup. Making sure your makeup is oil-free. Um, your skincare is oil-free and non-comedogenic. Um, we talked about not popping your pimples. We talked about the stress and, and growth and contribution and serving and, you know, doing things outside of yourself to also help with stress management. Um, hair care products that you use, we're a lot of times unaware of just the things that we're using on our hair can actually affect our skin as well. You're going to um, exercise outside, you're hiking, that sweat from even your um, clothing that can cause back knee and chest acne. Um, all of those are contributing factors and we just, we don't think about them enough. And in fact, that's like, that's where that 50% comes from is that 50% just comes from lifestyle modifications at home. Yeah, and Dr. Sonia, I can't tell you how often, and this is what got me into the whole field of skincare and dealing with acne and doing the research to, to write the book. But, you know, it, it's when I'm asked the question, what's the quickest, easiest, most effective way to reverse acne, if you will, and the pimples and the breakout, my quick answer is EstroBlock, EstroBlock Pro, the triple strength. Uh, DHT block and live detox. So, you know, each one has its benefit. We have another product that helps to address the PCOS issue, uh, insulin uh, heart stability, which we know the insulin metabolism plays a role. And I got to tell you, oftentimes I like to get on the phone with some of the patients. I want to talk to them. And I, I start after they buy EstroBlock and they see that their acne is going away, you know, two, three, four weeks, sometimes two, three months. And sometimes they have to take extra capsules. You know, it kind of changes depending on the individual, their body weight, and some other factors. But I start talking to them about, hey, let's get into change your diet. Let's let's start intervening. Uh, you know, about your stress management. And the, and I say, oh, I have a book. You, you can download it. You can read it. It says, well, just tell me what to do. But uh, I'll do that later. <laughs> People want that easy, simple, quick solution, and I don't blame them. Life is so complex now. They want that easy, quick yet safe solution, right? So that's what EstroBlock offers without having to have the risks of side effects of medications. And so many people come to us after they've, they tell me they've done everything. They've seen every dermatologist, they've tried every intervention. And yet here out of nowhere, because the bloggers are talking about it and it's, you know, the reviews on Amazon and so forth. So it's gotta be, I kid you not, our busiest part of our practice. Yet, you know, deep down I'm going, I'm, I'm just like, please listen to Dr. Sonia's podcast. Listen to our Spotify and iTunes podcast. Get the bigger picture because you're, you're at the tip of the iceberg. Yes, acne or pimples caught your attention, but there's a far bigger reason that maybe it happened and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I mean, I, I had the problem. You know, you, you've gone through it. But the fact that this show is dedicated to opening people's eyes to, to making that change, I'd be the first to say, look, uh, yeah, I want you to change your diet and exercise and, you know, cleanse your face properly and so forth. And, but I, I, I have to tell you, I mean, start with ester block, start with DHT block, you know, get to the root cause because internally there are hormonal imbalances that are being corrected at a deep level uh, as we've monitored hundreds of 24-hour urine hormone levels, not just blood tests and saliva, because it's at the urinary level that we measure all these complex 
gosh, what? They say there's over 40 different estrogen metabolites that influence the androgens, that influence the DHT in the skin. I mean, you and I could get very scientific, but it would bore our audience, I'm sure. If they want to see the science, they visit your website, my website, you know, get into a little the references in the book and so forth. But, you know, the, the point is, I, I think we have to express to people, yes, there's a quick solution, but don't just stop there. That's just the beginning. Isn't the beginning of their journey for us to, to guide them? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, talk very much about uh, starting at, you know, some of the basics, you know, doing some of the basics at home. And then the combination therapies, you know, seeing us, if you need some help with, you know, getting some of those those acne spots clogged up, you know, unclogged is using a hydrofacial coming in once a month to do that. We have lasers and light therapies. There's some other holistic natural based light um, resources that you can also do to help with redness, to help with scarring, to help with hyperpigmentation, um, to help with calming down the acne. Um, because some, some people might, you know, everyone is different. So you could try everything and it's all about compliance. If you don't do it at home, well, at least we can do it for you in the office. Just show up in our office and we'll do everything we need to for you in terms of laser and light-based um, services as well as hyperfacials. Um, and then you go home and you work out and, you know, you do all the things you need to do with your diet and you listen to um, podcasts from Dr. Nick or my podcast, 50 Shades of Beautiful, because we are all beautiful in our own right, no matter if you have acne or not, no matter your skin color, no matter, you know, anything. We're all beautiful. It's just a matter of self-acceptance and self-love. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, the new coaching program has come out, and we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey. And now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email, and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anna, and I got to tell you that, you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come.